Good morning, everybody. Um, let's, good to see you. Let's, op- let's open up in prayer. Father God, thank you that we could be here today. Thank you for all your mercy to us. Thank you for the people here. Thank you for providing food that we're able to give out. Thank you for, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord, um, by your spirit that you would help us, help everyone here to turn our attention to you, to, to turn our eyes upon Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would, um, that you would be glorified uh, through this message. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so remember we're, uh, we've been, the last few times I've come, we've been talking about the I am statements of Jesus, uh, who Jesus says he is. There's, uh, in the book of John, there's um, several places where he says I am. Um, And so the one that we're talking about today is I am the resurrection and the life. So I'm going to read from John 11, starting in verse 17. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming... She went out and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. So you see, the, the context of, of, of when Jesus said this about being the resurrection of life is the, the death of Lazarus, and then we're going to see a little bit later um, when, when Lazarus is raised from the dead. So <clears throat> Lazarus and Mary and Martha, they were like brother, they were brother and sisters, and, um, and, and they were friends of Jesus, and now Lazarus has died and Jesus is coming to, to see them. So, when we're talking about these I am statements, we're talking about who Jesus is, and the, all these things that Jesus says I am, it's like part of his identity, part of who he is. He is the resurrection of the life. He's not just someone who knows about the resurrection of the life, it's like it's part of his very identity, who he is. There's things about us that, um, that, that identify us, like myself, like my, like my parents, I can't change that, I didn't choose who my parents were. My dad's name's George. My mom's name was Martha. I can't change that. If, if, if somehow you change that in my life, like I wouldn't be the same person anymore. I wouldn't be the same guy anymore. And just like, tho- just like those things, like who my parents are, is so, um, is so built into who I am, the same way that Jesus being, Jesus being the resurrection, Jesus being life, was that much part of his identity, part of who he was. Um, in, the, in the beginning of the Gospel of John, 
in John 1, talking about Jesus coming, it says, In Him was life. The life was in Him, and the life was the light of men. And we can see, when we look at the Gospels, when we see about the things that Jesus said, the things that Jesus did, we can see demonstrated how He was life. Um, if you think about it, in the Gospels, what were, what were most, of the, most of the miracles that Jesus did, what was he doing? He was healing people. You know, he healed lepers. He healed, um, he opened the eyes of the blind. He fed the hungry. Most of the miracles he did were about, as far as physically, were about restoring people's life. Giving them, you know, giving them a healthier life. Giving them... Uh, a, a better life, Be- um, because that's what happens when someone who is life, when someone who in their very identity is the resurrection of life, comes into this world and encounters the death and the illness in this world, that, then, what, then what we'll see is healings. What we'll see is him bringing life where there was death, bringing life where there was illness. Um, and he, because of who he was, everywhere he went, he brought life wherever he went. And I want to look at, at one example of a miracle that he did from Luke. This is uh, Luke 13. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, You are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. So we see this. here's a woman who was you know, disabled, bent over. For 18 years, she dealt with this disability. Her life, I mean, she was alive, but she had this, this, uh, this disability. And he, he healed her. And, 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 he, and, he, and this is a conflict he had often with the, with the um, Pharisees or the, with, the, with the leaders that about, about whether, it's okay, whether it's right to do that on the Sabbath. He said, it's, it's right to do good on the Sabbath. It's right to bring life on the Sabbath. That's what Jesus came to do. Um, well, every day, but, but, but especially on the Sabbath day. So, and so we see that he cared for this woman and he brought life to her by healing her of her disability. And you remember another time that he had another conflict with the Pharisees is they challenged him about the people he spent time with, about being among uh, tax collectors and sinful people. And his response, you probably heard this before, is he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Because Jesus was like a doctor. Jesus was like, like a physician. 
What does a good doctor do? A good physician brings life, right? A good doctor, when you go to them and you're sick and you're maybe even near to death, a good doctor does everything he can, everything he knows what to do to bring, you, to bring life to that situation. And that's what Jesus came to do, to bring life. Physically, like, like we're saying, like with healing, um, and, but also spiritually, that these people that, he's, that he was with, the people, I mean, they were sinful people. They did have sin problems in their life, but he came to heal, to heal them, to give them spiritual life so that they could um, be united to God and turn away from their sinful ways. And his teaching, um, because he was life, his teaching was even called the words of eternal life. In, uh, in John 6, <clears throat> it says, After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, so he said to his main closest disciples, the twelve disciples, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So his teaching was actually called the words of eternal life because of, because of <clears throat> who he was. And uh, like I said, that he, everywhere Jesus went, he brought life. And it's convicting for me um, to think that, that as at those of us that are believers in Jesus Christ, that as individual Christians and as the church, we're called to follow that example. We're called to bring life wherever we go, to be salt and light in this world. And, um, you know, we don't do it as well as Jesus did it, but we do, we do try to, uh, to bring life. And that's part of what we're doing today, even, you know, feeding people, taking care of their physical needs, and sharing the Word of God with them, is we're trying to, to bring life. The, um, the Word of God says about... <clears throat> about Christians, about those who are carrying out the ministry, it says <clears throat> that through, through us he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death and to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? So that's what we want to be. That's what Christians are trying to be, is we're trying to be the fragrance of God um, to, 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 to bringing the knowledge of him to this world. And um, that's, what, that's how, how we we're, want to follow Jesus and follow the example of what he did, bringing life wherever he went. But of course, not everyone welcomed him. We already saw when we read about the woman who was healed and these other passages, that there was conflict, that many people um, rejected the, this life that he brought and opposed him, and, um, and we know that, that he was killed. We've talked about that before, and I know you all know that. But because he was, he was killed, when he, because he was crucified, in looking at his crucifixion and looking at what came after, we can see how he was the resurrection. Like we started here saying, I, that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And we see that in, in his death. That it says in the book of Acts, uh, Pete, the apostle Peter is preaching, and he says, This Jesus delivered up to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. 
God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. So we see that, well, a couple of things. We see that although Jesus was crucified by sinful people, Jesus was crucified by people who were doing evil, that God, but they were also carrying out God's purpose. It says, delivered up according to the death to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. So God had a purpose in Jesus being crucified, and his purpose was to save his people, to die for our sins, and to, and um, if we believe that Jesus died for our sins, and if we turn, turn away from our sins, um, and put our hope in him and believe that he rose again from the dead, then we can be saved, and that's the purpose that, that's the purpose to save a people, to save his people is why, why, um, that was God's purpose in, in having Jesus crucified. But we also see here about talking about the resurrection, that it was not possible for him to be held by it, that because of who Jesus is, because his identity is, part of his identity is being the life and the resurrection, even when he did die, even when he was killed, it was impossible for death to, to hold him, for him to stay Dead for him to be held by death wasn't possible because of who he was. So that's about how Jesus is the life and the resurrection. But circling back to uh, to our passage where we started, and circling back to what was going on with uh, with Lazarus and with his sister Martha, um, we look at the example of what happened of of La- of what happened what God did with Lazarus. And um, this is something that, that really happened. Jesus, Lazarus was a real man who really died and was in the grave for four days um, and, it was, and was really brought back to life by Jesus. But it's also an example for us in a teaching about what it means uh, for Jesus to be the resurrection and what it means to believe in him. So I'm going to read the part here uh, later where Jesus raises Lazarus. <clears throat> then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound in linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. So we see here, that there's a big um, emphasis here on on belief in this passage, and then also going back to our passage that we read in the beginning. Like here, when, when Jesus prays, he says the reason that he's doing it is on the, on account of the people standing around that they may believe that God sent him. That that's that that, that, that this was done that they might believe. And if we go back to where we where we started with Jesus speaking to Mary, and he said to her, "Who I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. 
and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So it says, uh, so Jesus coming back uh, always to this to this belief that that's that's what's important to him. That's his emphasis. And if we and telling us that if we if we believe in him, even though we our bodies will die at some point, we will rise again. We'll have life, and that if we believe in him. <clears throat> That will never die, even though physically we will die, but it'll be like we never died because we, because we'll be brought back to life. And um, and then even at the end of the book, the end of the book of the John, he talks about the purpose of why this book was written, and it says, "But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God." And that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. And that's, what, that's the message for you today, is to believe in Jesus Christ. To believe that these things that we're saying about him are true. To believe that he is the resurrection and the life. And that for yourself, just like we saw for Lazarus, that for yourself you can have this hope that whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And we can have that in, in Jesus. Um, and, and the promise is, here's another uh, place where it talks about the promise of eternal life that we have in Jesus from 1 Corinthians 15. It says, For this perishable body, the bodies that we're all living in right now and we need food for and, we, and the, the deal with illness and all the problems of this life, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality when the perishable puts on imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality then shall come to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is your victory O death where is your sting and that's the hope that we can have in jesus christ um so i'm going to close in prayer again Father God, thank you for the people here, um, and thank you for, uh, for the chance to, to bring your word, and thank you for sending Jesus Christ into this world uh, to be the, res- the resurrection and the life, and I pray, Lord, that you would work <clears throat> in the hearts and the minds of the people here, help us to uh, believe in you and put our hope in you and to follow you, and we pray, Lord, that um, that you would uh, bless the people here, take care of their needs, provide the food they need, bless them and their families and their health. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.